Welcome to the weekly sermons and studies podcast at First Baptist. Today's speaker is our senior pastor, Dr. Jeff Reynolds. Let's pray together. Lord, we are so thankful that in loving kindness, Jesus came. Lord, we're thankful for the hope that we have because Christ has come. And so, Lord, now as we turn to your word, which we believe is absolutely and unequivocally true, we pray that you would speak to our hearts and transform us by the renewing of our minds so that when we leave this experience, we leave more like Jesus. For it's in his precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. Have you ever been disappointed at Christmas? Now, I know we're not supposed to talk about that. It's the most wonderful time of the year and everything's great and everything's wonderful. But have you ever dealt with disappointment on Christmas? It it may have been because you wanted a gift really bad, a certain gift, and it just didn't come. Or maybe it was because one of your gatherings wasn't everything you thought it would be and more. I remember when I was a kid, something prevented us from having our normal Christmas Day gathering where my grandparents and my aunt and uncle would come over. And I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was the weather. But I can remember just walking around the block just so disappointed, so disenchanted. I'm like, you're not supposed to feel this way at Christmas. Well, maybe you joined me in having had an experience like that. Let me push it one step further. Have you ever been disappointed with life? Have you lived long enough to to have dealt with some things that turned out different from how you hoped they would turn out? Now, once again, I know you've come to church on Christmas uh, during the Advent season. We're not supposed to be talking about things like this. And maybe your life has been perfect. And maybe you've never dealt with disappointment at all. But for the rest of us who have, have you ever been a little frustrated with the way things have turned out? And maybe, maybe you even had some disappointment in the way that you feel like God has allowed things to go? And we just, we just went to a deeper level of wrestling with our faith. Because the truth is that most of us have been there. And the enemy will try to convince you that you're the only one. But you're not. Because the reality of life in a sin-fallen world is that we all, if we live long enough, deal with disappointment. We deal with things that don't go the way we want them to go. And that can be frustrating, and that can be disenchanting, and that can be hard. And sometimes, if you're like the majority of the rest of the world who believes in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you can find yourself looking at God going, I thought this was going to be different. Now, for those of you who think that Pastor Jeff has lost his mind this Advent season, I want to encourage you. You can also look throughout the Psalms, and you can see psalmists writing the same sort of sentiments as they're carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so God intends for our faith to be real, not just some sort of facade, but a real faith that deals with a real God who meets us in real moments of life. And so today on the Advent Sunday of Hope, If you have ever dealt with disappointment, I think today's story will speak to you. It certainly speaks to me. We're going to talk about a part of the Christmas story that is a vital part of the Christmas story, but it kind of exists on the fringes because we like to focus on Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. 
But a part of the Christmas story is the story of John the Baptist's parents. And we're going to look at their story today. Their names were Zechariah and Elizabeth. And if you're taking notes, our theme for today's message is this. Zechariah and Elizabeth decided to follow God, and their lives were transformed. Zechariah and Elizabeth decided to follow God, and their lives were transformed. I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to take you to the outcome first. Now, I've cited in in the sermon title and in the text reference that the text reference is Luke chapter 1, verses 67 through 79. If you're in the Red Pew Bible in the room, that is page 856. And I cited that entire passage because I want you to go back and look at the song Zechariah sings, the words that he says, but... I want you to see, even at the bottom of your notes, verses 68 and 69, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, the husband of Elizabeth, said this at the outcome of God's purpose for their lives. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. The outcome of Zechariah and Elizabeth's journey, a journey that was fraught with disappointment and despair, would be Zechariah saying, blessed be almighty God, for through us he has blessed all Israel. But they didn't start there. They got there, but they didn't start there. So go back to me, with me to the beginning of Luke chapter 1 and look at verses 5 through 7. And let's see where they started. Luke, the physician, writes as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit and tells us this. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. The first point that we have today is that Zechariah and Elizabeth followed God through deep disappointment. Zechariah and Elizabeth followed God through deep disappointment. Now, what does the Bible tell us about Zechariah and Elizabeth? Well, it tells us that Zechariah is a priest. It tells us that they both come from a strong family line in Judaism. It tells us that they are righteous before the Lord and blameless in their ways. Now, you've got to understand that when we're in the Old Testament and we're coming to the birth of the last prophet, that's John the Baptist, right? When we're in the Old Testament and you're reading about some hero of the faith like Noah, for example, who was righteous before God and blameless, that doesn't mean that they were sinlessly perfect. There's only one person who's ever lived who was sinlessly perfect, and his name is Jesus. But what it means for Zechariah and Elizabeth to be righteous before the Lord and blameless in their ways is that their lives followed a Godward trajectory. In other words, they were not perfect, but they sought to trust and follow Almighty God in the way that they lived their lives. And any time that they sinned, they hated their own sin, confessed their sin to God, sought to atone for their sin by the means that God had given in the Old Testament, and they wanted to come back onto God's path. So their lives were focused 
on trusting and following God. And anytime they strayed from that, they sought to come back. Same was true with Noah. So these are good people. These are people who are not perfect, but they have focused their life on Almighty God. And even though they were really good people who did really good things, who helped other people worship God, they still dealt with an incredibly deep disappointment because they struggled with infertility. And they struggled with infertility throughout the duration of their childbearing years. You know, that kind of brings it home, doesn't it? When we say, oh, they were old and Elizabeth was barren, that sounds so far off. But when we say they struggled with infertility throughout their journey on earth, that brings it home because there are some of you in this experience right now who are in that battle. And some of you are suffering silently. You're not telling anybody about it. And I want you to hear, I don't know. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're dealing with, but here's what I do know. God is not ignorant of your situation. He sees you. And even though you are dealing with the same sort of disappointment that they dealt with, he is not far off, but he is near. And he still has plans for you. And you're going to see today that God, even though, even though they had come through their childbearing years, they were well advanced in age, even though it looked like they were just going to have to settle in to the disappointment that they bore, God still had plans for them. And so even though they were remarkably disappointed over and over, and can you only imagine the conversations that they had? Zechariah, what are we doing wrong? I don't know, Elizabeth. I, I, don't, I don't know. Why hasn't God blessed us with a child? I, I, I don't know. I mean, do you have something going on in your life that I need to know about? Is there something going on in my life that I need? Because we all go like Job's friends when we deal with disappointment. What am I doing wrong? Or what are you doing wrong? And sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with anybody doing anything wrong. Sometimes that's just the way it is. And God is going to reveal his glory in a different way. And so if you're in that battle right now and, and the enemy is saying, oh, look at you, you vile sinner. Here's your punishment for how awful you are. Well, I have to tell you that if God were handing out rewards and punishments based on our sinfulness, we would all get nothing but punishment always. God's hand is not shortened. And Zechariah and Elizabeth continued to believe God, and they continued to do the right things even though they were disappointed. They continued to lead in worshiping God even though they were disappointed. They continued to take the next right step with their eyes fixed on Almighty God and the, and the direction that he would give. And God's going to move. So now look with me at verses 8 through 17. Now, while he was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. For your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, 
and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Our second point, Zechariah and Elizabeth followed God through miraculous intervention. Zechariah and Elizabeth followed God through miraculous intervention. See, God had plans. They didn't know God had plans. By biology, their timeline had come to an end. Hope was gone. Now, as Zechariah serves the Lord, the angel Gabriel comes to him and gives him the news that he could never have expected. This is how God will bless you, and not only will he bless you through this miraculous child, he will bless all the people of Israel. We're still talking about Zechariah and Elizabeth's kid 2,000 years later. And this is the kid they never thought they'd have. So they followed God through miraculous intervention, but look at verse 18. Zechariah is going to struggle a little bit. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. Just pause for a second. Fellas, notice that Zechariah didn't call his wife an old lady. He's righteous before the Lord. I just, okay. Verse 18, 19. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. Our third point, Zechariah and Elizabeth followed God through disbelief and doubt. Zechariah and Elizabeth followed God through disbelief and doubt. Notice how Zechariah responded. He's in the temple. The angel Gabriel appears to him, one of two named angels we have in the whole Bible, and gives him this wondrous news. And this is where Zechariah is. Now, he's still doing what he's supposed to do. He's still focusing on God. He's still helping other people worship God. He's there lighting incense, fulfilling his obligation. But even when an angel of Almighty God appears to him and shares this message with him, he still struggles to believe it. Because here's the deal, he has had to resolve himself and frankly resign himself that this is our reality and it's never going to get better. Such that even when an angel of the Lord shows up, he struggles to believe it. Yeah, you're a little late, angel. I'm old. Elizabeth's advanced. It ain't going to happen. So, okay, tell me, how am I supposed to know this? And Gabriel tells him. 
Here's how you're supposed to know this. Now, listen, you're going to be quiet because the words coming out of your mouth aren't great right now, so you're going to be quiet for a little while. But in your quietness, believe. Believe that God is able. Believe that God is doing things that are too wondrous for your human mind to comprehend. Believe. As you see these things unfold before you, believe that Almighty God's plans for you are wondrous, wonderful. After all, he's the God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. And for so long, Zechariah and Elizabeth had thought and asked and asked and thought, and it hadn't happened. But even though they were disappointed, God was still able. And the angel proclaimed to them that message. Well, now I'll skip down to verse 39. Verse 39, Mary, who's gotten her own message from the Lord that Jennifer read to us this morning, is going to visit her relative Elizabeth. Listen to this interaction. Verse 39, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Our fourth point. Zechariah and Elizabeth followed God to a renewed hope. Zechariah and Elizabeth followed God to a renewed hope. John the Baptist, still in his mother's womb, worships Jesus. And then mama joins in the chorus. Mary, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then, don't miss what Elizabeth said afterwards. Verse 45, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Not only did Mary have to believe that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord, we'll talk about her amazing story later in Advent, but so also did Elizabeth have to believe that what, what was spoken to her from the Lord would be fulfilled. And when we believe what is spoken to us from the Lord, we are blessed because God is able. And I want you to hear no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, no matter what questions you might have for the Lord right now, know that his response to you is based on a couple of things. Number one, his infinite wisdom. How many of you have come this far? God knows more than I do. And not only is the way he's acting based on his infinite wisdom, but the way he is acting toward you is based on his limitless love for you. So if right now he's saying no, he may be saying wait, and you may not like what you're hearing, trust his heart. He is for you in Jesus Christ, not against you. Keep looking to him. So then, look with me at verses 57 through 66. 
Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, Blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with them. Our fifth and final point is this. Zechariah and Elizabeth followed God to a greater reality. It was a greater reality than that of which they could conceive. It was greater than all of their hopes and dreams. It was greater than everything they could have imagined. We're still talking about their child two millennia later. Now, I can hear you. Some of you are saying, yeah, but so-and-so, their life came to an end. They didn't get the answer to their prayer. Well, if they were in Christ, you have no idea what you're talking about. Because God has plans for all who are in Christ. And they go beyond death. Because that little baby who was born in Bethlehem so many years ago and laid in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end, he doesn't stay dead very well. They put him in a tomb, and three days later he came out. And he declared victory over death and over Satan and over the grave and over hell. So if you are in Christ, your story doesn't end when it looks like your story has ended. Because we serve a God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond everything we could ask or think. So don't limit his work in your life to just the 70 or 80 or 90 or 100 years you may get on this planet. No, look to the eternity that stretches out before you because he still has plans for you even then. That's the hope we celebrate on the Advent Sunday of hope, that our God is bigger. And through Jesus Christ, he welcomes us into a greater reality, a hope and a glory that knows no end and plans that he has for us that will be fulfilled no matter what. So trust Him. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. We'd love to connect with you. Just email connect at firstbaptistbg.org or call 270-842-0331.